Good afternoon. Welcome back to Mayor's Minutes. Um, glad to have you here. Uh, hopefully you're watching live, but if not, hopefully you see this recorded. <clears throat> I'm at the community studios, so let me make an announcement right off the top. I am guestless uh, this evening. Our original scheduled guests could not make it, so um, I'm hoping you can have lots of questions, but I do have uh, some information I wanted to talk to you about anyways. Uh, make sure everybody's up to date on what I thought was a great council meeting last week, a workshop, where the council selected the, uh, the projects that we're going to spend our APA funding on, approximately $46 million. And then I'll talk a little bit about other steps I'm taking to try to bring money into the city, including um, reaching out to, we sub I submitted to Congresswoman Johan some of the priority projects from ARPA, <clears throat> excuse me, which are also on our capital improvement plan. So I want to talk to you about three things today. Um, uh, of course, the COVID, uh, but in addition to that, uh, the APA project workshop we had last week with City Council went great. Thank you, councilors. Um, the priority projects that were selected and the ones that almost made it but didn't <clears throat> doesn't mean they're out of the running, um, and I'll tell you why. And uh, our capital improvement project, and how we're balancing that out. Um, and you would want to watch City Council on the 19th because our CAFO is going to present the updated five-year capital improvement plan. And I'm proud to say uh, we attended a bond hearing with the Commonwealth of Massachusetts this morning, and I'm pleased to say that the CAFO and I both received kudos from the state auditor and others on the um, fiscal condition of the city now compared to where it was three years ago. So that was heartwarming, and we approved for the bonding for our capital improvement projects. And so that's really great news. Um, you know, we continue to focus on the financial performance, and, you know, there'll be people that say, hey, you know, this isn't going right, that isn't going right. Um, but the news overall is largely good. There are a lot of things to improve on the city. Um, one of the problems we face is that um, what I call the death by many cuts. So after 30-plus years of ignoring the infrastructure, we're taking the steps necessary to address that, and that's why this bond meeting with the Commonwealth was important. Um, and opera, um, but we, we have more projects that we can fund, right? And that's why it becomes a tough job for council to prioritize, and I'm going to show you um, what they did, and hopefully you'll have questions about it and ask. Um, but let's start with the, <clears throat> excuse me, the COVID slides. Um, and by the way, um, I'm, I'm, using, I'm more on time than I am normally. My late is a little less late because I have to get a ride everywhere. I had surgery on my foot last Friday, and so I can't drive till this Thursday. So people are taking me everywhere. So those that have volunteered as taxi drivers, other than the Ubers I paid, thank you very much. So go ahead. We can start with the COVID slides now. Go back to the slides. Okay. So um, the news is good on the COVID front, too. 47 new cases this week. That's down from 50 the previous week. And 17,525 over the life of the pandemic. Next so what's the good news? Like I said, the overall numbers slightly decreased. Uh, most vaccinated individuals are still experiencing mild symptoms. I'm going to say this again. <clears throat> Nobody's taking us up on it. We have at-home test kits still readily available. Call the Department of Public Health. Uh, talk to Felix Zemmel or the city nurse, and we can get test kits out, at-home test kits out to you. Um, we have a spring cleanup scheduled in conjunction with city council the 23rd of April from 9 to 11 a.m., I do want to recognize we've had a number of citizens stepping up. Uh, Jennifer Loisel, John Hadley, did the Riverwalk Park on Osgood Street. Thank you from the bottom of the mayor's heart. Um, that is the kind of effort we need from our entire community. On the 23rd, we're looking for youth groups. We're looking for community groups. We're looking for everybody to participate in trying to make our community cleaner. And part of, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> part of what we're going to talk about is how do we address that culture? So there's a slide in here in the trash advisory. So how do we, how do we not just fix it once and then have trash in the same place um, days later? How do you address the culture that improves that? And we've got a plan there, including um, our new vendor selections for recycling and trash. Um, so we had Jennifer Loisel and uh, John Hadley do Osgood uh, Street Riverwalk Park. Nancy Reardon, and Mike Solomon stepping up to do uh, Forest Lake. Thank you from the bottom of the mayor's heart. 
right? I'll be out there with you the 23rd, assuming I can walk. Um, and, you know, I can't impress upon the citizens how important this is, right? People judge the community by the look and the feel. And I have talked to the state about the uh, exit ramp off uh, 93, and I need more feedback from you. More emails to me saying, hey, Mayor, the off-ramp from 93 to 110 is disgusting. It is. So I can send them to our state delegation and say, I need somebody from the state up here to clean this up. Or uh, let us do it, and we'll charge you. Um, because, frankly, first impressions are lasting impressions, and the first impression a citizen gets when they get off the highway and get to Bethune, it's not good. I'll be honest with you. So thank you to those that are stepping up. We need lots more people doing that. <clears throat> and last but not least, I thought the ARPA workshop that the council conducted last week was outstanding. They each had areas of focus. Um, <clears throat> they put a voting process in, and I think it worked really well. Now, is, did everybody get the projects they want? No. Um, but it, this is all about using that $46 million the best way we can to bring the city forward. All right, they're not so good. I'm going to show you a slide that shows we, <laughs> excuse me, we continue to trail the vaccination rate at the state level. Um, the gas prices are still ridiculous. Um, you should be writing to your state senators, to your congresswoman, and telling them, uh, Congressman Johan is on this. Urge her to have these <clears throat> oil and gas companies investigated because there's price gouging going on as sure as I'm sitting here, right? And last but not least, the trash. So while we're having great efforts <clears throat> from certain groups of citizens, we've still got people dumping all over the city. In the areas... You know, you go to Veterans Park, I got an email from a citizen this week that said, Mayor, we need the DPW to clean up Veterans Park. Well, the DPW is overloaded with tasks right now. So we've got them out and working, uh, patching potholes, uh, cleaning up, but we need your help. I'll be honest with you. We've got to stop this behavior. You go to Veterans Street Park, I mean Veterans Park on Milk Street, and you find trash dumped on the ground three feet from a trash barrel unacceptable behavior, unacceptable, and it has to stop. And so I met with the chief this week, and forewarned is forearmed. So the police will starting to be fined for littering and fining intensely. The fine is up to $200, and I've encouraged them to go to the max because we've got to stop this behavior, literally. We want a clean community, and we all have to drive towards it. All right, next slide. <clears throat> so the break on male-female continues to grow about almost 1,200 more on the female side, and that grew exponentially during the migraine virus. The distribution by age over the life of the pandemic um, still shows, you know, uh, the leader of the pack to be the under-19 age group, uh, but there are other groups that are driving the week by week. We're starting to see less and less in the under-19 age group. You'll see what I mean on the next chart, which is the weekly. So out of the 47 new cases, only three were over 70, uh, nine were in the 60 to 69, seven were 50 to 59, nine 40 to 49, seven 30 to 39, four in the 20 to 29, and eight in the under 19. And so uh, that eight in the under 19 includes people that um, may not have been vaccinated or over the age five, um, but all the other age groups, you know, <clears throat> we've got to still drive the culture. Listen, I see people every day posting the vaccine's a hoax. I don't buy it. Um, so we're not going to mandate the vaccine. But, you know, as a two-time COVID survivor, I'm telling you, I think you're making a mistake if you don't get the vaccine. And so let's go to the state charts. So I put a couple of state charts in because we didn't put them in for a couple of weeks. The state is up to 93, almost 94% of the individuals over age five in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts are vaccinated. 93.4% and 81%, 80.7%, at those top green numbers, have fully vaccinated over age five in the state of Massachusetts, right? The Commonwealth. When you look at Bethune, our numbers are 78.7 against that 93.4. We have not experienced any growth in the last three weeks, um, yet the Commonwealth has gone up almost 3%. And you look at the fully vaccinated, we're at 10% below. We have not experienced any growth in the last three weeks. So you're going to see a slide at the end here that talks about a vaccine clinic that we're partnering with Lawrence and one Broadway in Methuen over the vacation week. And we're encouraging you, get your vaccinations in. 
right? I think it, it helps to save lives. And last but not least, this is a different chart than you normally see. This shows confirmed cases across the Commonwealth by age during the last two weeks. So that graph at the bottom, which may be a little bit hard for you to read, says we had 684 cases in the 0 to 4 age, 605 in the 5 to 9 age, 639 in the 10 to 15, 10 to 14, excuse me, 1,056 in the 15 to 19, and 3,800 in the 20 to 29, 2,200 in the 30 to 39. So those last two groups, the 20 to 29 and 30 to 39, are the largest single groups in the last two weeks to get COVID across um, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. There were 40,000 new molecular tests reported, bringing the total to 42 million. Uh, and the seven-day average of percent positivity in the Commonwealth is 3.42%. From a hospitalization standpoint, there are currently 262 patients hospitalized for COVID-19. We had no new hospitalizations in Methuen. ICU and intubated patients. There are 33 patients in intensive care units across the Commonwealth, and 15 of those are intubated for breathing. All right, so those are difficult cases. Um, we do not have any in Methuen. So... Um, one more. There were 12 new deaths across the Commonwealth, none in Methuen. There have been 19,000 confirmed deaths from the pandemic in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and the average age of deaths was 74 years old. So um, a lot of telling facts there, right? Get vaccinated. There's going to be a slide here shortly that shows you a new vaccine clinic uh, during April vacation week. There it is. Free COVID-19 vaccine clinic during school vacation week, April 21st to 24th, one Broadway, right? So from Tuesday, April, April, I can't even read that. Sorry, my eyes, I got to get the my slide. It's during school vacation week, so I think it's the 21st through the 24th. Hang on one second while I read my chart. Yeah, it's April 21st through 24th, Sunday, April 24th, from noon to four daily. And if you get vaccinated, it's free to everybody five and older. You'll also get a $25 grocery gift store card um, and an hour of free jumping at Launch Trampoline Park in Thorne. So you get a $25 grocery card plus an hour's gift certificate for free jumping at Launch Trampoline Park April 21st through April 24th, noon to 4, 1 Broadway. Uh, we'll come back to this slide again in a minute. So let's talk a little bit about uh, I had DJ Beauregard, the chair, and Maggie Dupre, the CAFO, on last week's show. Hopefully you saw it. And they talked about the process, and I'm going to show you a slide here. This is the slide I showed um, last week's show that shows the approach one, approach two. So we've got 45.9, and you say, Mayor, why is that different than 46.4? Because some of it council approved spending on CBAs, right? So we've got $45.948 million to spend. And there's multiple ways to approach it. We can take anything... <clears throat> The Melanson Auditor said, Methuen has a revenue loss over the last several years of up to, up to $19 million. And so I think council did a really good job. So anywhere in between that 26 and 19 could be the split as long as it doesn't go over the 45,948. Hopefully you understand that. Next slide. So this is the results, the summary of the projects. And I'm going to show you the detail, right? So when we showed 26 eligible, 19 revenue laws could be done, the votes from the city council on the project to do are 40, almost 41 eligible and 6 million from revenue laws, right? So they went after the, the compliant projects, <clears throat> and I've got descriptions of all those in front of me. And by the way, you as a citizen are welcome to have these descriptions the department heads did. Hopefully you saw the meetings where the department heads got on and talked about each of these projects. So literally, the council looked at over $54 million of projects to spend. Uh, we can only prioritize that 45, right, to your point. So if you go to the next slide, what I wanted to show you is these are the ones that were prioritized by your councilors, right? And I think they did a great job. Um, so starting in the right-hand column <clears throat> is the votes. So each council got five votes for a specific project, so they were weighted. So if I was a counselor and I voted five points for Branch Street, that's five of that 44, 
So that 44 tells you that you got 44 specific votes, weighted votes cast for the Ninth Branch Street purchase. So uh, how do you, there's a resolution, second read on the agenda for Tuesday the 19th, that talks about uh, formulating a purchase and sale agreement. Whether it's 10 million we use for the expenditure or some number less than that, if we work it out with the schools where we spend a little less than the 10 million and more comes from the ESSER, so let's say we spent 9 million from the city's coffers of opera rather than 10 million, that would be 1 million more we could use for opera projects on this next slide I'm going to show you. Right? So all of these made the funding cut, if you will, all these projects. Right? You'll see it's heavily weighted towards DPW because literally uh, some of the infrastructure we've ignored far too long. So the Arlington Neighborhood Combined Sewer is $9.75 million. Um, I'm going to tell you right here, I've also asked for at least $7 million of that. Additionally, not ARPA funds, from Congresswoman Trahan as part of the infrastructure. So I've submitted a formal proposal saying, Congresswoman, I really would like to see $7 million flow into the city's coffers from the infrastructure. If that $7 million is approved by the federal government, um, we would then be able to take that $7 million and expand it into the next list of projects that you see prioritized. And hopefully this makes sense. I'm looking at Sandy to see if she understands what I'm saying. Sounds like she does, so hopefully you do too. So uh, then we have the Burnham Road sewer pump, which is um, a potential for catastrophic failure, as is the Rail Trail 213 water main project. These are projects that have long since been ignored and should have been addressed many moons ago, as well as the Riverside Drive sewer main rehab, right? So three DPW projects in a row, as well as $4 million, the commitment from the mayor was to bond a new DPW building before I leave office. So we're going to use this $4 million to do feasibility, engineering, architectural studies, um, site determination, and to create some improvements to the existing structure because all that's going to take, um, you know, three to four years to come to fruition. But if you doubt whether it can happen, go take a look at the end of our DPW. They built a magnificent facility for around $24 million, and so this would be part of that money. Uh, then there was a new fire truck, and you might say, well, why that? So this is um, because of the age of some of our buildings. This fire truck, I call it a shorty because it's a specific size so they can fit in our station on the east end, which has been around since the turn of the century. Um, so in the absence of buying another building for fire, uh, we have a truck that's available. If we don't buy it now, we'll get in, list, we'll get in line like everybody else because this truck is available. Council saw fit to approve it, so we're going to buy this. Otherwise, we'd have to wait a year to fund that truck, right? Or not to fund it, to get it. So to order it, we'd be in the same situation we're in with the Packer truck where hundreds of communities are chasing the same thing. Then there's one that's near and dear to my heart uh, for the residents of Lowell Street, Shirley Avenue, specifically Mark Avenue, Rachel. This is the solution long-term to your water issue because there's a terracing from Lowell Street down to um, Shirley and below. And while people in Shirley have asked us to repave the road, we can't repave the road till we do this activity here. The repaving can happen as part of this project, right? So that's the good news. Um, then uh, one of the ones that was on the non-compliant side, if you will, in addition to the fire truck <coughs> and the DPW building, is the renovation of the Methuen High tennis courts. So the council approved $1.4 That's great because we need those tennis courts are in very difficult position. And we had a very passionate plea at public participation from citizens who use that. Then we go back into a couple more DPW projects related to Granite Street water pumping station and the sewer inflow and infiltration mitigation program. And then last but not least, the SCBA, the self-contained breathing apparatus decontamination unit, when the firefighters go out for a fire and they come back, those SCBAs they wear on their packs to breathe have to be decontaminated and all the gook taken off them before they can be used again. Um, so I th you know, those votes on the right-hand side are the weighted votes by council. You can see they were spread. Um, and there's a lot that, that you know, I want to remind you. If we get any infrastructure money towards uh, the Arlington Street neighborhood, so the bottom three, the Arlington Neighborhood Combined Sewer Project, the Rail Trail, and the Riverside Drive Rehab, in addition to 
uh, the Batty study as part of the new DPW building have all been put in to Congresswoman Trahan's office as four projects I'd like to see funding for. Let's say we only got one of them, and we got $7 million, like I said, towards that Arlington Street neighborhood combined sewer. That would allow us to go $7 million more in projects on the ARPA funds. So, you know, this is not a final answer, but it's the start. And so I appreciate Council doing this. I think they did the process correctly. Um, and hopefully we're going to get some infrastructure money that helps us go further. Right? And that's the good news. On the next page, let me see if we got any questions. Oh, I, I got a note from Nancy Reardon. It says, Girl Scout Troop will be joining Mike and I and another friend Friday morning at 10 a.m. at the entrance of Florence Lake. If anybody else wants to, please join Nancy Reardon, Mike Solomon, and the Girl Scouts at Forest Lake, and they had just p finished picking up trash along Hampshire Road and Osgood Streets as well. That's great news, right? So if you're interested, uh, join Nancy Reardon. Uh, John Hadley, who's uh, very artistic, came to the mayor with a proposal that I really like, so much so that the mayor's willing to um, fund some T-shirts uh, to recognize uh, efforts of citizens to kind of clean up our city. So John proposed, and I throw this out there, for your ideas. We need to create a program. And so John's idea, which I kind of like, was instead of calling it a flash mob, call it a trash mob. And so um, I'm going to ask him to make a design, a graphic design, but I throw it out to you. Are there any other you know, program-based ideas that could drive the culture of cleaning up our city? I would be open to that, and I would be willing to fund out of my own pocket, not out of the city coffers, T-shirts to give out to people who do um, efforts like John, Jennifer, the Girl Scouts, Nancy, Mike, all the people who are doing, stepping forward to clean up the city, including the people who step forward in the 23rd, right? Because I think some recognition has to happen. And we have to create a culture and a program of anti-littering, right? It needs to be more than just, hey, this is dirty, we need to clean it up. Um, but more to come on that. If you have an idea, send it to me, Mayor Perry, at ci.methuen.ma.us. I'm open to it. And hopefully John Hadley will see this before I call him and say, we need a graphic related to trash mob, Methuen trash mob, so that I can get some T-shirts made. All right. The next page is the opera projects that got votes but didn't make the cut. So sanitation of the city, uh, let me explain that one. So I'm still hoping to get that uh, if we get some infrastructure money. So that was a contract with Rocky Morrison and team to clean up the needles and the human waste that's being left in our ball fields, our parks, our, our uh, rail trail. Um, because, quite frankly, um, I can't have the DPW employees picking up human waste. Um, so I've got a contract proposal from Rocky Morrison. I want to do it. I'm going to either try to find money at the end of this year's budget to do it, or um, you know, we'll free up some money if we get some infrastructure money. Right? You see the baddie one didn't make it. It sort of didn't make it but it's kind of rolled into that $4 million down below on the DPW assessment, right? Uh, the parking lot drainage at the Elder Services, which says TBD, but was in a ballpark of 250000 I desperately want to do that. I really do. Um, as well as the, uh, a little further up, the HVAC cooling tower replacement for the library. Um, these are things that are important. They're important to our community, right? And you might think, you know, you look at this, DPW ones, the sewer system, SCADA, and the stormwater system upgrades. Um, these are huge, right? These are huge. The updated master plan we built into the FY23 uh, community development budget, and hopefully council will see fit to approve that, or we'll try to find it someplace else. We did get some votes for the patrol hybrid vehicles. I am thrilled to tell you the chief sent me today a picture of the, I think it's six brand new vehicles, we're going to have in two weeks, and they look awesome, right? So six brand-new cruises in uh, two weeks. Thank you, council. Thank you, residents. Um, I think you're going to be proud. But one of the things I caution you on, and I take out of the bond meeting, where um, we got kudos from the FSO and from the state auditor on the improvements we made to financial management in the city. I think we need to understand, and I direct these comments to council as well, that there has to be a healthy balance between debt and free cash, 
right? So it's not, a, a municipal is evaluated based upon the amount of debt it's carrying. The city of Methuen is not carrying enough debt right now, right? So we've settled the greatest single liability we had with the superior officer's contract. We are negotiating with them right now. Um, but we are in a point where bonding on the capital improvement project is important because we need to be at about 5% of our gross total budget from a debt standpoint. We're at 2%, right? So we are looking at that. That is not increasing your taxes. That is how you balance it out fund-wise. Our bond rating is at an A+. It's risen significantly in the last three years. Um, but it will erode if we don't maintain sufficient debt. So the idea is you bond, you pay it over time, and then you, you know, use that capital improvement plan to kind of replace old debt with new debt, right? Not that you overrun a budget. So my commitment is, as long as this cat's sitting in the mayor's seat, we're not going to overrun budgets. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen this year, um, and it's not going to happen in any future year, barring any catastrophic failure. Um, and I say that uh, because, you know, at some point, uh, the hazard pay that I gave up, and I know it's an emotional issue in the city, um, I still don't think that the mayor of the Capitol did anything wrong. We did apply to the state for approval. The boobers can say what they want. The state since changed its mind. So we're going to have to make a decision before the end of um, June on how we pay that $500,000 back. Out of the existing budget, out of free cash, it's really the same thing. And what I mean when I say that is <clears throat> we're going to end the year with more than $500,000 in the city's coffers that would fall to free cash. So we can either take it out of free cash and pay it back in, or we can drain it from the city budget at the end. I just think there's a misunderstanding of how that works financially and open to discuss it with anybody. So all these projects here are, are not off the table. You know, the small business support one that um, Felix Zemmel brought forward is really exciting. It had some things that I had in some other ones uh, to kind of help our local businesses with signage, with things because of, you know, what we've been through the last couple of years. Uh, so I'm still hopeful that some of these, like I said, if we get infrastructure money of $7 million, just do the math. We could do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. By my math, at least 10 of those 13 projects could be done, right? So work your car, help the mayor, you want to help me, uh, solicit your congresswoman, Lori Trahan, and tell her we need some, some $5 million plus in infrastructure money dedicated to the city of Methuen so we can address some of these issues. Um, and focus on that joint water-sewer issue at the Arlington neighborhood, right? Because that would include repaving and sidewalks in that whole area. So we'll go a long way towards improving the general look of the city, um, I do have one other thing that I want to say for it. So we are in the planning process with the camera company for the 47 cameras, the placement of the first 47 across the city. Those are going to help public safety as well as our trash issue. Um, I am open to coming out and talking to neighborhoods with the chief. We met with the uh, religious leaders last week. We told them we're open to coming to talk to their parishes, their churches. We're open to talk to neighborhoods. So if you have a neighborhood group, and you have concerns about the camera program, please reach out to me, the mayor, and we will set up a meeting to talk to you on what it's going to be used for, what are the procedures to guide how we use the cameras, et cetera. Um, but I think you'll be pleased when the camera program is installed, right? And I use that. Uh, the mayor wants to do, there'll be 47 more in next year's capital improvement plan on top of um, some other systemic issues. Um, but you look at a city like Lawrence next to us, and Lawrence is a city of seven square miles. They have 300-plus cameras. And it's done great things to improve their ability to deter and to track. And so in the city of Methuen, is a city that's much larger than the city of Lawrence. So 27.7 square miles, shaped like a butterfly, 47 cameras is an initial dent, right? I'm going to put in the capital improvement plan 47 a year for probably three or four years so we can get the coverage that we need and make the improvements that we need for the city from a public safety standpoint. Okay, um, next up. 
I got some ads. Let me see if there's any questions first. I yapped a lot. In terms of littering, especially public places, park streets, is my good friend Anomalous. Um, studies consistently correlate the behavior of littering with the existing presence or appearance of litter. I agree with that. The cleaner an area is, the cleaner it remains. However, to reach the threshold for change in behaviors, it isn't enough to do single cleanups, but to cultivate regular responsible behavior. A park which was messy on Thursday, clean Friday, will be messy again Saturday. I agree with that, Anomalous. The memory of the mess persists until that threshold for change, consistent maintenance is reached, at which point the area becomes re-encoded psychosocially as a clean place corresponding to reduction in careless and positive littering behaviors. And that is, um, he said it a lot more intelligently than the mayor did. That is why I'm talking about a program, not just an event. So we need to establish a culture where littering is not tolerated in the city of Methuen. We need to teach our teens who are driving. Littering is not tolerated, right? Because right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm convinced that a lot of it happens from those age groups. And I use the example of the disappointing example of, you know, spending three hours of my time cleaning up the Gatsby Park last fall um, with the councilors, with Councilor Safi, with Councilor McCarty, with several others, with Vinnie Ravella. We, we cleaned the park, and the park was spotless. Within hours of us leaving it, there was trash all over the park again. And that is a disgusting behavior. But to Anomalous's point, people have encoded it as a place you can throw trash. Right? So we need to do more than just do the singular cleanups. We need to embrace a culture of if you see somebody littering, challenge them. Call the police. Get them fined. That's what's going to take. You know, I hate to use the, the rod, uh, but we're going to need that. So I'm asking all our police officers, you know, when you see littering, be intolerant of it. Find people. That's the way to stop the behavior, right? Because it isn't just our parks. It's our roadsides and everything, right? And I won't repeat the stories I've told countless times, but you know what I'm going to say. All right. Karen Baker says, is there anything that can be done regarding resetting the times the stadium go lights go on and off? I called town hall this morning, but I have no idea what is intended. At almost 9.30 this morning, in broad daylight, the stadium lights were still blazing. This has been happening consistently. So I appreciate that input, Karen. I will reach out to the DPW and see if they have to reset the timers at the stadium. Uh, we did have the same problem at Burnham uh, Road, and I think it was a timing issue. Um, so um, I'll get that checked out and take that as an action. Uh, appreciate the input. Um, <clears throat> I would also remind you that in addition to some of these things, we council, thank you, council, recently voted to spend the 461000 that was left over from the rail trail funds to um, spend. Uh, I had Director Angelo come back and say we would use it. We're going to use some of it at Burnham Road, some of it at Veterans Park to kind of spruce up some of these fields, et cetera. Um, and they're in vast, vast dire need of it. We also have the capital improvement project that's being done at the Gill Avenue field. It's already underway. The design is complete. It includes the first dog park in the city. Um, and we're about to move into execution phase there. So we're also working hard, I bring it up now, on July 4th, because there's a struggle about where to shoot it. While we'd love to keep it at the loop, um, we're looking at a suitable alternative. We're working with the state with potentially closing down a 213 ramp because we can no longer shoot them from where we shot them the last several years since there's an apartment building there. Um, and we looked at other sites in the area, including Pie Hill, but there'll be structures there as well. So we're working with the Commonwealth of Mass and potentially shutting down the off-ramp of 213 behind the loop for the day um, and determining, you know, what's the date of the event for the July 4th event and make it bigger and better than ever. So open to your inputs on that. Uh, so Teresa just asked, and Teresa, I must be reading your mind, just said we're hard at work on the 4th of July plans. Yes, we are. So I want to go through a couple of slides, and hopefully you have more questions. So... Please take a look at those opera numbers. Please watch City Council this week because our, the CAFO, <clears throat> Maggie Dupre, it's Tuesday, April 19th, is going to present the next five-year uh, capital improvement plan. And um, I'm happy to show it here or to share with any citizen the status of our capital improvement plan from projects from last year. We made significant inroads, uh, including $2 million to 
towards upgrading the fire and police radio system, which was absolutely necessary. All right? The police department has obtained a $435,000 grant to upgrade our dispatcher station. That's great news. Kudos to the police department for that. Um, so lots of good things happening in the city. Um, and we've got more good news. I want to get Jack Wilson back on and talk about some of the economic development issues. Uh, we've got some really positive things happening. But um, let's go through the slides first, and then we'll come back to, I know if Karen wants to come in and talk about um, something for the mayor, hopefully. Um, but let's go back to, the, yeah, the Riverside Drive boat ramp is open for the season now. So I'm going to tie, you're going to say, Meg, get off the litter thing. I can't because I'm fixated on it. Um, the boat ramp is open for the season. It's one of the places that gets littered the most in the city. Beyond our parks and our rail trails, this place. If there are trash barrels there, use them. Right? Because if you litter at the boat ramp, I'm going to have the cops stick at you. Right? So the boat ramp is open daily already from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's a state boat ramp. You're welcome to enjoy your favorite water activities, fishing, boating, kayaking, canoeing. The possibilities are endless. Um, keep it clean. Treat it like it's your own house. Please. Right? Next slide. Is, okay, just when the mayor you know, has rat rattled enough about trash. So this is our um, advisory group that we're talking about, one of the three legs of the stool. So we have had a terrific response to last week's um, advertisement. Plus, we sent info out through the school systems. We're looking for anybody who's passionate about trash. And I want us to take a minute here and recognize a citizen like Jennifer Loisel, who does so much for the city. She's re redesigned um, an island over off of uh, Riverside Drive, Burnham Road. Look at the effort that that individual put into it without asking for anything from the city. Um, the mayor donated paint money to her. He's willing to do it again. She painted barrels across the city that are far better than the plain blue barrels. They've got graphic things on them, and they're put all across the city. Jennifer Loisel, your city appreciates you and all the things you do to make this a better community. So thank you. Um, but on the Trash Advisory Committee, go back to what Anomalous was talking about. We need to create the culture. So whether it's trash mob or, or you know, um, what was it Council Sapper used to call a group? The Trash Talk Committee, right? So we need somebody who's going to talk about how we reduce our trash footprint, how we improve our recycling, Right? how we reduce the costs overall, and how we reduce littering across the city. And this talks into creating the program and the culture across the city. Right, The mayor can't do this by him or herself. Um, the city council can't make a resolution that makes it happen. We need you, the citizens, involved. Right? So we have the bids in from the trash and recycling. We're looking at them now. We're shortly to go to council with them. We have a question and answer period with the two respondents next week, and then we're going to make a recommendation to the city council. Um, and so, you know, we want to know what you think. We want to know how you would improve uh, the cleanliness of the city. Because, yeah, people judge us by how we look. Okay, next slide, please. So just a quick reminder that um, even though I won't be there because I have surgery again this Friday, uh, we have our Easter egg hunt featuring a visit from the Easter Bunny this Saturday, April 8th, 16th from 11... AM on at Great Court. Um, and the rec department has put a lot of effort into organizing this. Please get your kids to come out to Great Court and support the Easter egg hunt. It's the first time we've been able to do it in a little while. Uh, last time we did it was a drive-through. Uh, this will be much better. Um, if you look at the programs our rec department's been doing, they're doing a spectacular job improving the overall footprint for the city. Okay. And then I think I got one more. Yeah, we get the Rangers youth flag football season, so I do have one more. I think we advertised that already. I want to talk about, um, do you have the Binax Now slide still? The at-home test kit? So I, I know the numbers are low. I know you're pandemic-weary. I know you want it to be over. I would encourage you heartily to get tests. I said we've got 3,000 test kits in the city that we can give out. You can 
get additional kits from the federal government. I didn't. Um, and they have expiration dates, so get them, because God forbid we have a, a spike in the fall. You know, everybody will be scrambling for the same resources, but we can't give them away now. So get your test kits now while you can, um, and let's move forward here. All right, let's see. We've got some questions before we bring in Karen Aiden. Will there be any improvements this summer for us? Like, yes. So lots of them. Uh, so uh, part of that 461,000, Teresa, is also um, targeted at Forest Lake, um, in addition to a $50,000 grant that Steve Angelo got committed to the playground area, which is long overdue. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to do the restrooms and the, the bathhouse uh, this summer, but it's still the mayor's hope to do that. It's on the capital improvement plan to do it. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe just maybe if we get some of that federal infrastructure money, that's the kind of thing we can get into. You know, it is disappointing to me that um, we weren't able to do as much with our parks. I'm thrilled we were able to do the tennis courts, um, but, you know, we had a lot of money for the parks, and the auditors deemed the park improvements were noncompliant, so they would have had to come out of that $90 million. And the only problem, and I... I I completely understand city council's perspective is um, these projects, the water sewer, that may not even make any sense to you, um, they won't make any sense to you until they break. And when they break, it'll be catastrophic to the city. So we can't ignore them for 30 years. And I say this candidly. When you look at the city of Methuen, the infrastructure, because of a cost basis over time, has been ignored. So you looked at 40 million of the projects are going to compliant projects from the auditor, where uh, we literally um, have, you know, water sewer main kind of issues, Riverside Drive, the pumping station, uh, Arlington Street neighborhood, that we just haven't been able to afford over time. And so I do agree with Councilor Saber. This is one-time inflow of funds to the city. And again, I'm going to appeal to you, if you want to help, if you want to do more, if you want to see money used towards Forest Lake, you need to help. Write to your congressional representatives and your senators Warren and Markey and say, we need some of that infrastructure money dedicated to the city of Methuen. Tell them that we need it done for the Methuen-Arlington neighborhood for that $9.75 million project. Because just think, if the federal government gave an additional $9.75 million to Methuen. How much? We could do all of those projects that were on the top of that sheet plus a few more, right? And so that gives you an idea of the, the, the breadth of the opportunity that's in front of us. So please, this is a time for you as a citizen to help the mayor, help the city council, petition your congressional representative, Lori Trahan, petition your senators, Senator Warren, Senator Markey, and it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat, in this we're all joined together. An inflow of five to nine million dollars to the city would greatly facilitate additional projects that we could do that are going to make it better for all of us, right? And may even be allow us to do certain things, Teresa, like Forest Lake. I got a question from Morel Bullion who says, last year I wanted to explore Forest Lake for the first time but I didn't know how to enter there. I put the GPS, but it was in vain. You know, uh, Merrill, it's an interesting point to me. I'm going to make two comments here, one related to Forest Lake and one related to presentation of Mary Academy. <clears throat> um, Forest Lake is a hidden gem that probably half the citizens of Methuen don't even know where it is. So you have to go up uh, Pelham Street all the way, stay on Pelham Street all the way till it ends, and you take a left at the end by one of the oldest houses in Methuen, and then there's a very small sign that says Forest Lake. So we need a bigger sign, and I commit to putting it out there, right? And then you go inside, um, and there's a fork in the road where if you go left, you go down by private homes. If you go right, you go into Forest Lake. And um, we, we need to do a better job marking that out. Uh, it, is a, it is a beautiful spot. It can be even better. So we're going to put more sand. You know, some of the things that you ask, we're going to put more sand there this year like we did last year. 
We're going to try and improve, you know, the overall experience. We ask you to help us keep it clean, right? There are trash barrels all throughout Forest Lake. Use them. Um, but, Morella, you know, you're welcome. So we will put some signage there that helps you get to it because right now there's a tiny little sign. If I didn't grow up and spend my 64 years in the city of Bethune, <laughs> I wouldn't know where it is. So go Pelham Street all the way to the end. Take a hard left like you're going into Pelham, New Hampshire. And just before you go into Pelham, New Hampshire, on your left, there's a little sign that says Forest Lake. We'll make a bigger sign for this season. And you go in there, and you'll be pleased at what you... And the cost to get in for a resident is relatively harmless. Right? You can buy a seasonal pass, which is a better deal, and go as many times as you want during the summer, or you can buy a day pass. Right? And, of course, it's free for handicapped and our seniors. So... Make use of it. It's a great facility. We did an event up there for our veterans right at the end of the season. Spectacular. Spectacular. So, um, um, you know, we're going to be looking for people to kind of, as part of that trash advisory committee, to help us own certain sections of the town. And the mayor and the police chief are going to be coming out to the neighborhoods, like I said, trying to reform those neighborhood groups. Part of that's public safety. Part of that's image and cleanliness. So lots more to talk about about that. Okay. Um, I also wanted to talk about PMA uh, because behind the walls where Notre Dame is, where I still call it PMA, even though PMA is not there anymore, Presentation Mary Academy, you should understand that that property, which Mr. Strills built and rerouted the original East Street so that people wouldn't go through his property, most people don't know that, um, has now Notre Dame Crystal Ray Academy on the right-hand side where PMA High School was, and they're great people to have in the city. We're thrilled to have them. On the left side, it's still up for sale. And that left side is the more historic part of it. And I say this candidly. If you knew what was there, citizens, you wouldn't be getting married at Great Court because that is a fantastic venue for people to get married in. Just the layout, the historical layout. I've been in there probably 100 times in my life, and every time I go in, I find something that I didn't know or forgot that was there. There are gates from Emperor Napoleon there, right? There's a clawfoot table that Mr. Searles had designed in Europe and built for him with a marble top that conservatively is worth an arm and a leg, <laughs> right? Those are just the artifacts. The property itself has to be seen to be believed. There's a historic component of that that my pitch to you is, as your mayor, I'm never going to let go of that, right? So... You know, we're going to be talking to developers who want to develop the property. There are certain elements of that property that can't be developed, right? We need to make sure that some of those historic elements are preserved and protected. And you don't have to take my word for it. Call the sisters and arrange for a tour for yourself and go through the property. It is spectacular. And if I was ever to get married again, which I won't, <laughs> but if I was, I would do it inside the gates of PMA there. It's just spectacular, spectacular. And the pictures for a wedding venue are just simply phenomenal. And so um, you know, I tell you that because you need to understand that property. There's going to be a lot of talk in the coming future about you know, developers and wanting to do this and wanting to do that. We're going to make the best decision. We don't own the property. The sisters do. We have certain rights because it's historic preservation property. And we're going to do our best to guard that because we need to. So um, that's kind of everything I had for this week's show. But I did save time enough to bring Karen Hayden in because we did have an event last week that the mayor was unable to attend because I had foot surgery last Friday. I'm having hand surgery this Friday. So you just like to have surgery. I'm all repaired. I'm like a car with uh, 200,000 <laughs> miles. I'm getting it all redone. Getting it all so redone. Turn it over to you. Um, thank you very much, Mayor, for allowing us to be on the show today. Um, as part of our annual meeting, uh, we like to recognize uh, people who have been great volunteers or great leaders within our organization. And for the fiscal year of 2021, and actually 2020 as well, um, we wanted to recognize our Mayor, Neil Perry, with our Founders Award, which is our highest award. The reasoning behind this award is we give it to people that we really feel have made excellent use of this facility and these channels that 
the cable companies have provided for public use, for public information, entertainment, you know, sharing of whatever is going on in the community. And, you know, Mayor Perry really stepped up during a difficult time in this community and chose to go live, chose to answer people's questions, you know, be as transparent as possible. And we were, you know, we're happy to be a partner in doing that. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was difficult for everyone, including us sometimes, to be here because yeah. we were scared too. Um, but in the end, you know, we just wanted to recognize the mayor for recognizing the fact that this place has value and relevance um, to this community. Thank you so, so much. So thank Appreciate you. It. I'll take it in a minute, but I want to say this. I want to say thank you to you, Karen, to Tom Grassi, to Carol, to you know, all this, Sandy, to all the people who work here who, who I don't know that the, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a kind of a PMA term I just used. I don't think people understand the diamond that MCS is, right? This is a, a truly professional venue, right? Um, and it dawned on me, we had that show with Joe Cosgrove, I don't remember, where the guy who uh, came from um, one of the energy companies. Yeah, National Grid or Eversource. Yeah. yeah, he was a former broadcaster on That's right. Channel 5 or 4. <laughs> and he said to me after, wow, what a truly professional. And I, I want to say I'm humbled by you guys. You guys have made this so straightforward and easy for me, right? You're true professionals at what you do. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to, for all you guys do for our community because it helps tremendously, right? You're we welcome. try, you know, when I came into office, um, and we still have improvements to make. You know, I talked to Ryan at the time, and now Nancy Reardon's watching. I, I can't blame him anymore because he's not there. That's right. But I talked to Ryan <laughs> specifically about we wanted to communicate in surround sound because there's a tendency to think if you put it on social media, everybody's got it. Well, that's not true. That's not true. You know, no. uh, and our, many of our populations don't look at social media. And so it's, it's a mistake to say, well, the notice is out there, whether it's vaccinations, status of pandemic or whatever. Um, from the bottom of my heart, you guys have really helped spread the word, protect our community and my message to the community is, you, you know, I saw that there's a call for volunteers to learn how to get involved. Come learn how to be a part of this. Please you do. You will not regret it. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. When I've, when I've had my health issues, I watch the, the sporting events on MCS, right? I listen to Council for Retra and um, Jim. <laughs> very. The play -by -play, I'm going to say they're Sandy very. occasionally, right? Yeah, very enthusiastic. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Right? So there's so much, so much positive about this community mm -hmm. that needs to be shared, and you guys do one of the greatest jobs. So um, I want to kind of dedicate the award to you guys because Aww. I think you guys, you guys are the epitome of communication, right? And I appreciate everything you do for our city, Karen. You guys do a fantastic job, and your patience with me when I'm late with stuff <laughs> is, is over the rainbow, right? Um, even when I'm late myself. I joked last week, I'll be late for my own funeral. So, um, you know, again, from the bottom of my heart, to Karen, to Tom Grassi, to Carol, to Sandy, to Jim, to everybody who, who participates at MCS, you guys are the best. And we need to do more. And when I'm not mayor anymore, I may be coming to you asking you to do a program. I love so, it. So uh, looking forward to that and looking forward to more of this uh, because I think this helps. And I, I love answering the questions. I love it. We just got a love on Facebook. That's the first time the mayor ever got a love. So <laughs> I usually only get them when the superintendent of schools is on, right? That's so, right. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much. I don't know if we're going to take a picture sure. or what. Well, we can, oh, can we let get everybody kids? see it. Yeah. So uh, as we wrap this week, I don't see any other questions out there. I want to finish with the two diamonds, I, the three diamonds I, I started with. Uh, Forest Lake, let's get it cleaned up. Let's get people who uh, want to provide ownership of the neighborhood, right? And I'm not saying do all the work. We can get groups to kind of help out. But 
Let's get involved in that trash advisory committee. Um, let's get let's get people understanding what you know what's behind the wall of PMA. Understand what's there and the historical significance of it, because it irreplaceable in this mayor's view, irreplaceable. Um, and let's talk about MCS one last time. These guys are doing a fantastic job. Please, any way possible where you see grants, this is what the mayor looks for, where you see grants or anything possible to kind of help MCS, let's go after that, right? Because these guys do a world-class professional job, uh, not just putting my show on, putting the council show on. Um, you know, my last hospital stay, I said publicly, uh, the hospital didn't have all the channels that I like to watch, so I ended up watching the food channel, Sandy. Now I'm addicted to guys' grocery games. I can't get it out of my mind. There's a new show on tonight at 9, for those of you that follow it. I'm addicted to watching those people cook. I, I have visions of going back in my life, going to Greater Lawrence Folk Tech, studying cuisine, and becoming a chef, right? Uh, so great things in the community. There are good things happening. We're going to use that opera money to the best. Thank you, Council. I think you did a bang-up job. Uh, watch the City Council meeting Tuesday the 19th. Watch the CAFO, um, who is, in my eyes, the single most important employee in the city, more important than the mayor. Um, describe the capital improvement plan over the next five years, and she's going to talk about that bond rating discussion we had this morning, excuse me, the, the bond evaluation discussion we had with Commonwealth the Mass and the state auditor and the board and the, the generous comments they gave to the city of Methuen. Try not to believe it's all bad because it's not. Things are on the upswing. We're making significant improvements. There's the patrol contract is on the uh, council agenda for Monday night. I would just caution you, for those of you that haven't participated in CBA, I said this at the council meeting. I'm going to repeat it here. When you go into a CBA process, each party goes in with a list of things they want um, and gets some of them and doesn't get all of them. All right? And that's how CBA process works. There are still parts of the patrolman's contract, um, you know, and the patrolman know this, that I'd like to do differently. But that's the negotiating process, right? I will stand and tell you it's not a bad contract. We remove the stacking. We remove the longevity. Uh, we eliminated a fourth shift and replaced it with a third shift. Um, those are all benefits that need to be discussed. And there's an offsetting shift differential with the council's understanding the day shift's going to get a differential now versus the, the swing shift. The swing shift had a higher differential, right? So those are all things that the Patrolman's Association agreed to, in addition to giving up uh, supplementary pay for doing dispatching duties, cell monitoring duties, um, so there is movement, right? And so whenever you go to city council, public participation or whatever, I'm okay with any citizen criticizing a contract. That's the job of a citizen. My job is to try to make it as painless to the residents as possible. Criticize the contract. Don't criticize the individual, right? When it gets personal, um, the mayor takes offense, right? Because you have many, many, many hardworking employees in the city of Methuen, right? And they don't deserve to be chastised um, when the CBA process is, is going forth. We've got a new chief. Uh, we've got a fiscal year 23 budget process coming up. We're making significant improvements. We hired a crime and statistical um, disorder director. That's going to pay big dividends for the city in addition to the cameras. We're going to be able to look at different parts of the city and how we staff it. So I know I'm running over. i got to shut it down. God bless you. Stay healthy, all of you. Say a prayer for the mayor. i got hand surgery Friday. Um, and make sure you watch the city council meeting on um, Tuesday night, April 19th. And the answer to your question, Teresa, is yes, it is in May. Right? So we're trying to get that Packer truck still. So thank you all. God bless. See you next week here.